Hey everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is Wednesday morning. It is the podcast daily. Why are we in here on Wednesday morning? Don't ask questions like that. I just that. love it here. It's time for everyone's favorite game. It's Stonk Watch time. Oh, I didn't know, <laughs> so, I didn't know that's what you were doing. Wow, the first spring Stonk Watch after yeah. 30 minutes. After 30 viewing. minutes. These are projections. Oh. oh man. These are what you learned from 30 minutes that tells you you got to get your money down now for stonks that are on the rise. Okay. I can't okay. believe I didn't okay. tell you guys this is what the show okay. is, okay. but we're here bright and early. Okay. You know, yeah. now we're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Ready. Yeah. yeah. Put ready. down some stonk, stonk tips. Yeah. Uh, Tegra Shibola. Okay. Yeah. Cause Ryan day was talking about the right tackles on Tuesday, by the way, Josh fire left tackle Tegra Shibola is in Mahowski right tackle. And he talked for like 45 seconds about Tegra Shibola. And then he was just like, it's also an important spring for Zen <laughs> which is probably reading way too much into the way that Ryan Day talked about it. But he had a lot to say about Tegra and the fact that they've seen a lot of development in him since the time he's been here. The fact that when they give him more, he seems to reciprocate by taking that next step that they're looking for him to take. And I thought that meant quite a bit. Now, long way to go in spring ball when they're trying to find that right tackle, but I might put some units on Tegra. Rode up some units. Tegra. It was also interesting because he was second in line behind Zen Malski, Yeah. But then they flipped it when they talked about it. Tegra is like a lot of young offensive linemen is very, very bright. Like he needs to have things told very clearly. Like this is the way it's going to be. And then he will be, have no problem living that out. Obviously coming in here, had to deal with some, some weight fluctuation and try to get himself down to like 320, 325 from the 350, 355. He was when he finished high school and he looks great. I mean, he looks like a player that he, he played a lot last year, too. So, I mean, it's not like it's a guy. I think he probably played more than Mahalski or at least the same number of snaps. Yeah, they, they didn't want to burn their red shirt, so they stopped playing. But he did play probably 35 snaps. Uh, if I'm going to go with a, sort of an obvious one, I guess, it's Kyle McCord. Mustak is up on Kyle McCord for me. Not necessarily from what we got to see in the 30-minute viewing window, but really just from talking to Kyle on Tuesday afternoon after his time was up um, with the media at the table. He just very comfortable and mm -hmm. he said that he had been talking to Braxton Miller and CJ Stroud and a few other guys about the difference between year one to two and two to three and he said he couldn't believe how much just different this felt for him and how much less stress he was feeling now than he was the last two years and I thought that was sort of interesting considering the last two years he should have had no stress because CJ Stroud was here mm -hmm. um, and he said he just feels much more relaxed and you could see it in talking to him just kind of very mellow and an understanding the assignment, I think, is that this that Tuesday was like the first part of a pretty long race, and he did not seem to be particularly like bothered by it. And I, that to me is a stock up because yeah. I, I was worried about him maybe pressing a little bit too much, feeling like he has to prove to people that this is his job. I think that was the problem in year one when the development for Kyle McCord sort of hit a plateau. That's not uncommon. It's it's normal across all positions, but especially a quarterback, it's not always going to be uh, an exponential growth or a linear growth or either one. Like you're going to hit some stops and starts. And I think he did put too much pressure on himself early on and had to overcome some of that when he's like, maybe I can beat out CJ Stroud as a true freshman, yeah. get that opportunity. And I think that he put that pressure on. And that's the only reason why I brought up, and I asked Devin Brown about it, like the early throw, the smallest of sample size, me seeing him miss one throw, and then get upset at himself. And he was like, well, yeah, I want to be perfect. And I don't like, I think he's going to have to get out of that too. I don't think that's going to be a healthy way to go into this position battle because if they're constantly just trying to look at e over each other's shoulders or Devin Brown feels like he has to win it right away, um, which he doesn't have to, like people are already asking him if he thought that he had to do that by the end of spring or else look around. And he's like, no, like 
I, I think that was pretty wild that that conversation was even happening. But I do think that there will, everyone has to mature at different times. And if Kyle McCord is doing that now, good for him. I thought Devin was pretty loose too. There were at one point they were standing on the other end of the building here and they were throwing water bottles into a trash can, <laughs> like the same trash can from the same distance. Devin's one in and Kyle's did it. And then they both turned around and went, Oh, I don't know. What's that mean? I, I thought that was pretty cool that they're like having fun with how obsessed we all are about what's going on well, with this conversation. I, to, I was going to say the same thing. They're both relaxed. I mean, yeah. Devin Brown came over. We were talking to Kyle and Devin walked over and said, Hey, I just told everyone how big of an a-hole you were. Sorry. Yeah. Like, like, no, I, I'm not saying that Devin Brown is constantly yeah. like that. I like in between the lines is different. Like, yeah. And I, I don't think that he's a different competitor. Yeah. You've also said I mean, that we've too. Seen, we've seen how pressing in a competition can impact like JT Barrett, like talk. That's all he talked about that year in 2015. It was like, I wasn't myself because I was so worried about looking over my shoulder. You don't want to find yourself in that position. And if Devin was thinking about that a little bit on day one, probably makes sense, but you got to grow out of it by probably day two or else you can fall, fall behind in the battle pretty quickly. Yeah. And it's not meant as any sort of lasting observation or that he can't change. I just, I, I wanted to at least ask him about it because it, it's not fair for me to also go talk about it and like, I'll remember it for the rest of spring yeah. and for the rest of the time that he's here. He's like, I mean, that's sort of his competitive mindset. And you've talked about Yeah, he runs that, a little hot. Yeah. And that's, that's just, his and favorite. that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's an observation. And, and he had a chance to explain that as well. And that he also needs to realize that not every throw is going to be perfect. Uh, anyway, stock up, buy some stonks right I'm now. I'm both the quarterbacks at this point after day one. They both feel like they belong in yeah. that mm -hmm. conversation. As long as they're confident in that, we should be. Yeah, Ohio State's going to be just fine at quarterback. I think we can safely put that bet down. Davison Igbenosin, I don't know. I'll, I'll lump Denzel Burke in side by side. Uh, I like physically what I saw from Davison Igbenosin. And, and Jim Knowles was talking about the number of balls that he got his hand on and you know turning around Football. and using that, that length. Footballs, indeed. Footballs. Football passing, uh, pigskin. Uh, literal pigs, <laughs> literal as we pigs, determined yeah. on Tuesday or Monday. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But Denzel Burke as well. Uh, Jim Knowles said that he thought that Denzel Burke broke up more passing pass attempts, footballs, mm -hmm. on day one than he did in all of spring <laughs> and last year combined. That was a pretty wild thing. That to say. was a. I don't know if it's hyperbole, but it's also it does stand up to some scrutiny because Denzel Burke was hurt and didn't practice that much. It also. Perhaps as a reflection of how accurate CJ Stroud is. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, compared to two guys who maybe haven't uh. reached that level of accuracy. Okay. So, because the same thing was said about Igbenosin, uh, that he broke up a lot of passes. But you could definitely tell the way that both Ryan Day and Jim Knowles talked about him on Tuesday. There was a little bit of a, oh boy, we have something here. That's a big dude, man. Like I don't, I've not seen a cornerback built like that he like we talked about on the snap judgments he i thought he was sunny styles but that's <laughs> like mostly making a joke but not not entirely making a joke um and he's like really fluid at that size too like i got like six two what 205 210 like just really well put together i don't know man like I, I when i watched him on the highlights from Ole miss i was like oh this is intriguing and then same out here i was like okay i'm in like uh, this guy can i think take their secondary to another level yeah so corners that's that's my stonk tip um, stay healthy. Stay healthy. Jack Sawyer is going to play defensive end. What? Yeah. That opens up so many doors. So wow. many wonderful, wonderful doors. What yeah. a novel concept. Who yeah. would have ever thought of it? I like, I like <laughs> at one point Jim Knowles was talking. I leaned forward to Austin and said, does he read our stuff? Actually, what you said was, amen. 
<laughs> I said amen. And you maybe not, maybe not, you didn't hear me. Well, uh, I, I also, I mean, I, we know, but I already knew that he read our I stuff. I also so swore you, when I said that. And I, I didn't give you an exact quote here. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So, like, Mitchell Melton is doing stuff, like running around, no knee brace, and they want him to play the jack. CJ Hicks maybe is getting that mix as well. We'll see. But, but the, overwhelming thing I took out of that was that Jack Sawyer is going to get a chance to play defensive end this spring and presumably moving forward, which I think is better for everyone else involved. And if that's the case, then I would probably buy a little bit of stock in him too. And Jim Knowles said it, which I'm glad he did, that Jack probably didn't take the leap last year that everyone was hoping he would take, Jack included. And part of that is he got kind of caught in between positions and, and didn't perform all that well at, at one of them. So if you take that off of his plate, let him focus on the thing that he was brought here to do, uh, then I think you start to see some of that growth from him that everyone wants to see. What I liked about Jim Knowles response to that was when you asked him about CJ Hicks playing at the Jack and he was like, I did think about that after I listened to the podcast this <laughs> offseason. Yeah. He's like, well, that's a great, great endorsement for the brand. If there's a spring position that I would like to just be able to watch like from here until the end of spring and like, let me in here, Jerry, for just one thing. I will only look at this one thing. I would like to see who goes in that spot because Ryan Day said that Caden Curry has the possibility of playing there as we've talked about. CJ Hicks being talked about. I thought it was interesting. Noel said that he wouldn't play there until probably the fall. Like he's, well, he's, he's not going to worry about it much in the yeah. spring. But uh, he weirdly said that he like didn't plan on doing anything with the Jack this spring. So that's not the position you should probably ask for. Because yeah, exactly, it'd be a great, it'd be an easy day to work. <laughs> Just be staring at the wall. <laughs> but I mean, I I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch those guys. But Jack Sawyer as a defensive end is much different than Jack Sawyer as a Jack where he has to read and react. And drop in the coverage, yeah. Like, he's six foot five, 265, 270 pounds. There's not a lot of Big Ten tackles that are going to compete with him with the speed and power combination he has. Mm -hmm. He's not the most flexible guy in the world, but we've seen other defensive ends be successful here without needing to be Chase, Chase Young. As long as you have that combination and that get-off, I mean, and Jack does have that stuff. So I'm glad that the coaching staff, like, I was like, wait a second, maybe we didn't do him a service yeah. last year. I'm going to put a stock watch on Travion Henderson. Not because he did a ton on Tuesday morning. He was out there briefly uh, when they were going through you know, stretching and warm-ups, and then he was spent the rest of the time over there in the corner in the pit uh, as he recovers from his foot injury. But everything, all the feedback that I'm hearing about the way he attacked is attacking the rehab process, but also his mentality. He was in a bad physical and mental mental place in October and November. I know that uh, that's not breaking a lot of news. We've talked about that before, uh, but sort of like in Denzel Burke with what I said about him, didn't go the way they wanted. They're also both close friends. Like I think they probably had to, you know, rally around that and, and find some solutions, both physically and mentally, to turn the corner to get back to where they want to be. The the physical tools we know how good Travion Henderson can be. He's got the high high ceiling. Uh, of any running back out here or almost any player in college football. He he is built to be an NFL running back, and he didn't have the opportunity to prove that last year. Uh, Ryan Day told an anecdote about, you know, uh, Mickey Marotti trying to pull him back out of match drills because he was trying to do it with a boot on. You just can tell <laughs> how badly Travion Henderson wants to do that and, and prove that last year was an aberration. And even without seeing him go through live drills today, I just I have a suspicion that it's going to happen. Yeah, I think there I think there had to be some things ironed out with that, both, like both him personally, probably with the staff a little bit too, and and how things were handled last year. Not necessarily like mishandling of his injury, but just like probably how he was coached through that, and maybe 
probably criticized through it too. Like you're not the player we, we thought you were. What's up? Well, it turns out he's hurt. That's hard, really hard to deal with. But if you can put all that in the past and kind of channel it into the stuff that Ryan Day was talking about on on Tuesday, then yeah, of course. Like Travion Henderson's skill set with like the proper mindset is like a Heisman Trophy cal- or candidate running back. And it's so. also using him in a way that allows him to utilize his skills because he's not just a you know, put him in the eye and let him run. I mean, he is a guy that can catch the ball in the backfield. Yeah, they need to do that. There's a lot of stuff that he did as a freshman that they really didn't do a year ago. Some of that probably because of the injury. But when we saw at Penn State the the burst when he's playing on basically one leg, the the touchdown run and the first drive of the game against Maryland, Mm -hmm. like he had the ability to still break some things even when he was at unhealthy. But for him, it is about mental, like saying, hey, I'm going to block all this other stuff out. and that's, you know, really interesting to me. That's why I think guys like him heading into the summer are so very important. Um, some of those guys we're not going to see, you know, uh, the, the Jack Sawyers who who had the same kind of problems last year we did get to see, you know, mm-hmm. like people wondering what what is what's wrong with this guy. So Jack's going to be able to navigate that up to a totally different way. Um, if I'm picking another player, even though he, it's Carson Hinsman, I just really like what I see. From Carson Hensman physically. Just, he skipped your turn. So that no, he, he, just went, he just went. He just picked. That's I fine. picked Travion. I, listen, yeah, as long as we're talking offensive line, yeah, I don't it's, care it's who's talking about You knew he was going to say it. Carson Hensman. No, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I didn't know that. But I, I, did, <laughs> I just like what I see. I remember seeing him at the All-American Bowl last January, and he was like 260 pounds, 265 pounds. And, you know, man, I don't know how long it'll take, but he's, he's really – it looks like he's pushing 300. Attitude looks different. He's definitely bulked up a lot. And I, I really, I know there's conversation about Jacob James. And then, of course, there's Vic Cutler. Carson Hinsman was an All-American uh, high school football player. And there's a reason for that. I mean, mm-hmm. that dude is a is a really good player, understands offensive line play. And I think if you just give him the chance to get confident in this, it's similar to what Luke Whipler mm-hmm. went through in 2020, where you didn't really expect him to be the guy. But when he got out there and realized, hey, I can do this. And, and then you already have that talent. It sort of takes you to a different level, and I, I could see that happening with Carson Hinsman this spring. Yeah, that trio that's in the center competition, he like undoubtedly has the highest ceiling. Yeah. Just a matter of whether or not he's he's ready for it. But physically, he lo- he looks apart. So that's like step one, I guess. Um, one more thing I want to mention, and this is probably less positive than the others we talked about. Oh wow! Uh, I asked I asked Ryan Day about the second year receivers, and Ooh, the first yeah. thing he the first thing he said was, "Yeah, they're going to get pushed by the first year guys we just brought in, and Brandon's going to get here in the summer and make it even worse." So yeah. like. We kind of knew those guys were in a little bit of a, of a pressure cooker, but I was uh, a little surprised to hear Ryan Day kind of, you know, give his voice to that on the first day of spring practice. Um, we also heard that, like, Caleb Burton might have had a little bit of an injury. <laughs> Devin Brown day just one, out so. of nowhere goes, yeah, I think Caleb Burton got hurt today. Like, you got to love untrained uh, <laughs> yeah. players. I, I want to take the opposite side of that and say stock up on the 2023 incoming wide receiver class. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. Carnell yeah. Tate and Noah Rogers and Bryson Rogers look very much the part uh and those dudes just physically look completely different than the guys when they came in a year ago and i don't know why it's so vast but there is a substantial difference in carnell tate especially people talking to him today like they were very impressed by the way he's handled himself and just from a, a talent standpoint there's not a lot of guys better than carnell tate in the cl- in the country in the class of 2023 so it's good to see that he's like bought all in. If those guys, Noah and Bryson and Carnell, when Brandon gets here, that's a no no brainer. He's going to be doing the same thing. That does not fare well for Keon Grace, Caleb Burton, Kojo Antwi, and Caleb Brown, who I think if I had to pick one of those guys, I'd probably separate Caleb Brown yeah. from that group. I, I think he's probably the closest, and I think that's also why we saw him out there with the punt returners uh, right away. He 
if they're going to give him some look there, you have to think that they have him as part of that plan moving forward. So um, we'll see how that transpires. That's that's a pretty good rundown of, of stock watches for just day one of practice. Mm-hmm. I have a, and I have a lot more stocks. Well, there, we got a lot more spring see, ball. There's a lot more spring ball, bro. A lot more so keep them in your pocket. Don't give away all your money tips on day one. Profit a little bit, then it's share Wednesday. the wealth next week. Ohio State's playing in the Big Ten tournament uh, Wednesday. Stock down. Stock up. Buckeyes <laughs> are going to win tonight. Buckeyes buy a billion over Wisconsin. Over, over the Badgers. Uh, How many units are you going to put on that? A billion. <laughs> well, that's a big wow. mistake. Yeah. I, na- nano units. Um, that, you know, watch them. Support the Buckeyes basketball. I have a question for you. Yeah. So we're going to be back in here for spring practice on Thursday. Thursday. That's tomorrow. Yeah. Th- yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow on Thursday. <laughs> All the same. Will the basketball team be playing on Friday? No, no. We already said they're going to be playing on Thursday. Will you, will you be previewing the next the basketball yeah. game for Friday? Yeah, they're going to on the Thursday. Yeah, or I guess it'll be a Friday morning. Yeah, day. I actually, I mean, if we're going to talk about it, I actually really think that the bracket lines up fairly well for them if they can get that Iowa, Wisconsin, Iowa, and then Michigan. Michigan. I, I think that's that's a tr- that's not a that's that's as good as they could ask for. You know, I mean, I mean they can play Rutgers again, but they played Rutgers very well both times and should have beat them both times. Well, like it's it's not a, if they're playing confident, things can happen. They have they have talent. Things can happen. They didn't make the most of it, but you know that's what they say. Chicago, it's my kind of town. Anything mm-hmm. goes there. Baby. City of dreams. What happens in Chicago stays in Chicago. City of broad shoulders. And you know what's going to stay in Chicago? The Ohio State Buckeyes men's basketball team. Forever. Stay there. <laughs> You're bringing home the gold. This full-on delusion has capped off this version <laughs> of the Stockwatch on the podcast daily for Wednesday. Sorry about that. I thought we were just going to talk about football and not Berm's hopes and dreams for a hopeless hopes basketball team. <laughs> That's the Canadian version of that. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. And people say I make this show weird for some reason. I don't know how that happens. That's Bill. He's Berm. I'm Austin. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in here tomorrow. Uh, in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. We'll have more podcasts daily for you then. Bye-bye.